0: We're going to be in the book of Job tonight, book of Job, and uh, I mentioned uh, this morning that on Wednesday nights, and I I know many of you are able to come on Wednesdays, and and, uh, if you're able to, over the next, uh, I guess as long as the Lord leads, uh, I'm going to start uh, on Wednesday nights, uh, study on studying the Bible, uh, various aspects of the Word of God, and I'm hoping and praying that it will be profitable for all of us, and uh, I've spent some time over the years, and I I always need uh, to get back to studying the Word of God. It helps me to reset in my life, and every time I do, God teaches me something. I'm gonna tell you, I'm never disappointed whenever I take out a shovel and start digging in the Word of God. I always find some gold along the way. There's so many great nuggets in the Word of God, and tonight we come to one of those books in the Bible that is just, every time i read and study from the book of job uh, it's just it amazes me this this book it's it's so rich and convicting and uh and and encouraging and there's so many things and uh you know for a long time after i got saved i thought why did god put the book of job in the bible you know and uh that's that's exactly how the job is spelt but uh it's not job it's job and so we're going to study the life of this man tonight now If you notice by way of, again, the series we're going through, God just using ordinary people, and God uses them in extraordinary ways. And I think a lot of times we think of ourselves, we know who we are. We know that we are sinners saved by the grace of God. We know there's nothing special about us, but there is something special about our God. And when I think of my life, and I'm just amazed... Uh, we, were, we were having lunch today and somebody was telling me some of the stuff that I said and I said I guess that's why the Bible says by the foolishness of preaching you know uh, you got to be careful a lot of times of preachers will say things maybe they shouldn't say and uh, we try I know I try to say things in a correct way but uh, you'll just have to be very forgiving with me because there are times where I, I say things maybe the way they, that they shouldn't be said and so on but uh, we're going to look here tonight at this matter of patience now uh, this, this was something, as I studied it in Job's life, is, uh, you know, if there, if there was an opportunity in my life to stand in line and receive some of the, the, the fruits of the Spirit, this is probably one that I probably would have got out of line before I received this. I struggle with patience. Uh, I don't know if you are, but I, I struggle big time with patience. Anybody else like me tonight? I'm just not, I mean, by nature, I'm just not a very patient person, and uh, that, maybe that's why this study that we're going to look at tonight was so convicting to me. Uh, I want you to look at what the dictionary says about patience. Look at these couple definitions here by way of introduction. It says, patience is bearing pains or trials calmly or without complaint. That's interesting. Manifesting forbearance under provocation or strength. It's not being hasty or impetuous. It's being steadfast despite opposition, despite difficulty and adversity. It is able or willing to bear something. Patience. You know, patience is not an easy thing, and I think a lot of times in our lives, here's what we do is, we tend to measure our worst day by maybe how long we sat in traffic. I mean, that's how difficult it is for us at times. I mean, I struggle with these stoplights around here. Is anybody else like me? I mean, you know what happens is, these stoplights are so long that everybody gets their cell phone out while they're sitting there for four or five minutes. So they're on their phone when the light turns green, and in Floridian fashion, here's what you hear. Ah, uh, 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 You know, I mean, people start blasting their horns. People are just, by nature, so impatient. And while a lot of times we measure our worst day by maybe th- just ridiculous things, the reality is, is that when it comes to life, we all understand from time to time, life is, really, I guess the easiest way to say is, Sometimes life can just be hard. It can be difficult from day to day, but I think it's critical for us from the life of Job to understand how do we handle these difficult times? How do we handle some hard times in our lives when our lives, like Job, is put under intense pressure? Pressures do come in life. When we think about life being hard, I think through the Bible, and the one example God brought me to was a man by the name of Job in the Bible. This man, if anybody could have won the award for the worst day ever, it would have been Job. I know all of us think we had a pretty bad day. Maybe today wasn't a good day for you. But Job had a day unlike most others. When you begin this book, notice in chapter 1 and verse number 1, here's the introduction to the book. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright, one that feared God and eschewed evil. In other words, he understood what was good and what was bad. The word perfect there doesn't mean that he was flawless. He was just a man that loved God. He feared God. He was mature in his life, in his relationship with God, and that's how God identifies and describes him. But as you think about the introduction to Job's life, isn't it interesting just 12 verses later, look what it says in verse 13. And there was a, what's that word? A day. A day changes everything, does it not? Tomorrow may change your life. See, there was a day that changed Job's life. Because here's the man that feared God, he eschewed evil, And then the Bible says, 12 verses later, there was a day when his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house, and there came a messenger unto Job and said, the oxen were plowing and the asses feeding beside them, and the Sabians fell upon them and took them away, yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Now look at this next phrase, see if you see it again. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The fire of God is fallen from heaven, and hath burnt up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee, while he was yet speaking. There came also another and said the Chaldeans made out three bands and fell upon the camels and have carried them away yea and slain the servants with the edge of the sword and I only am escaped alone to tell thee while he was yet speaking there came also another and said thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house and behold there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house and it fell upon the young men and they are dead and I only am escaped alone to tell thee i mean it was just the the hits just kept coming it was just one bad report after another after another after another I mean, it was, listen, the first report would have been enough for for Job or for any of us. But then comes another one, and comes another one. I mean, it was one after the other. But the hardest of all these reports was the last one that actually told Job that it wasn't his animals that were dead. It was all 10 of his children. Every child that Job had, according to the Bible all of his children died. Just minutes earlier, Job, the Bible identifies, he was probably one of the wealthiest men of his day during his time, but he lost everything. I mean, life was good. And everything that Job had was now gone. Sometimes when things are going badly, here's what happens, people will come, maybe you've heard this in your own life, people try to come to us, They try to give us a perspective on how things are, and they might say something like this. Well, at least you have your health. Anybody ever said that to you? At least you have your health. Brother Smith, I know that would have been a hard one for you, right? But here's the thing is, is that in this story of Job, where he lost everything, Job couldn't even say that because the Bible records that this man had painful boils all over his body. I mean, they covered this man's body. Certainly, Job's grief was overwhelming. And what elevated him from the ordinary to the extraordinary was that Job was able to handle this. Now, how did Job handle this? James gives us a verse, and I want you to look there, and you know it's James 5.11. This is a great verse, but it goes right along with our story tonight. It says, Behold, we count them happy which, what's the word? Which endure. Now notice, we, ye have heard of the patience of who? Job. And have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of, a, of tender mercy, So in other words, the extra of Job's ordinary life was the fact that Job had patience. He was a patient man. Again, James says that ye have heard of the patience of Job. James tells us that the key to a productive, impactful life is the fact that be ye also patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. In other words, the Bible tells us that there's only one way to get patience. And here it is. I know you're not going to like this. It's the hard way. See, everybody likes things the easy way. But according to the Bible, the only way that we're going to get patience, how about this? The Bible says, tribulation worketh patience. Sometimes God allows things in our lives to teach us this matter of patience james 1:3. knowing this that the trying of your faith worketh what patience anybody's faith been tried yeah many of us and the bible says the trying of our faith do you think that job's faith was put to the test I mean, one report after another. You know, this happened, and then this happened, and then, you know, Job probably had had, had enough. He probably said, listen, I can't hear another thing. Don't bring me another report. But then he heard the awful report of his own children. See, Job's faith was tried, but here's what topped it off. The betrayal of his wife. And remember those so-called friends that Job had? They just added to the pressure. See, sometimes we, we feel like we've reached our limit and then something else happens. I mean, instead of being supportive of Job, she says, why don't you just curse God and die? Aren't you glad for that encouragement? You know? And then his friends come along, I mean... Job, listen, he's going through one of the deepest valleys in his life. And in spite of his friends and in spite of his wife and all that had happened, Job handled the severe adversity with patience. That's what made him extraordinary. And look, his example, what does it do for us? It provides us with wisdom that can change the way that we, you and I, deal with hard times In our own lives, listen. If you haven't faced hard times, I guarantee you you will. So, how are you going to handle those things? Are you going to endure? Are you going to handle them with patience? Well, how do we do that? First of all, notice what Job did, and we need to do is we need to get under pressure with faith. Get under pressure with faith. If you go back to James five eleven, there were two important words in connection with the life of Job. And I want to read part of the verse again. Look what it says. Behold, we count them happy which, what's the word again? Which endure. Ye have heard of the what of Job? The patience of Job. Those two words are the word endure and the word patience. These two words, endure and patience, they both come from the same root word. And that root word that they come from actually paints a picture And here's what it paints. It means to get under a problem and to bear it up. How many of you think Jesus got under the cross and he bore it up? See, a lot of times we think to ourselves, look, I I, I don't know how much more I can handle. The way you deal with that is you get under it and you begin to bear it up. Our English word that we use is the word endurance. A lot of times we think about this maybe with a runner or a competitor. This is what the word endurance means. It's the ability to withstand hardship, adversity, or even suffering as in the case of Job. Job was able to get under the load of his burden. But listen, he didn't get underneath of that load by himself. Remember what Jesus said? He says, take my yoke upon you. See, Jesus says, I invite you to come under it with me job wasn't alone it, when he when he realized look this burden is here look what it says in job 1 and verse 20. then job arose and rent his mantle and he shaved his head and he fell down upon the ground and he did what worship, worship. isn't that interesting he worshiped god here he is going through one of the greatest trials of his life and he worshiped god and notice what he says as he's worshiping god Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Let's read that verse there together where he says, naked came I out. Let's read it. Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Can you say that tonight? I mean, listen, does, is not, all gifts come down from above, right? He's the giver of life. He's the giver of everything that we have. And listen, it's all God's. When you think about being a steward, look, that's not your money. That's God's money. It's not your possessions. Those are God's. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. That car that I drive, it's not my car, it's God's. That house that I own, it's not my house, it's God's. Listen, understand that the Lord gave, and if the Lord chooses to, the Lord can take away. And our response in patience should be, blessed be the name of the Lord. That was Job's attitude. Job was devastated, but there was something deeper going on in Job's heart. See, in the Old Testament, here's what you'll find as you study it out, is there was a response in the Old Testament of faith and worship. That's what you see in Job's life, It's the man had faith in spite of what was going on, And he worshipped the Lord. There were times in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, when things like this went on in their lives. And here's what they would do: is they would actually pull out their hair. I mean, it was just it was something that they would do. Look what it says in Ezra chapter nine and verse three: When I heard this thing, I rent my garment and my mantle, and plucked off the hair of my head and of my beard and sat down astonished. I mean maybe that's what happened to Brother Guy. (laughs) Is he pulled it all out, you know? You know, I'm still waiting for the beard to be pulled out, you know. But see, it was was something that people would do. Listen, they weren't being patient. There wasn't faith there. They weren't trusting God. They weren't worshiping God. But listen, Job didn't do what they did. Job didn't pull his hair out. As a matter of fact, the Bible says Job shaved his head. That's what Brother Guy did. He shaved his head, and he did it as a way to draw close to God. Look, nothing about this situation really when job got to thinking about why has all this happened you ever been there yourself you're trying to figure out why is this going on why is god allowing this to happen none of this made any sense to job i mean he had no where on earth to turn to for answers but here's the best part is he had a god that he could turn to see Job got underneath of this and he went to the one that had all the answers God is the only source that can sustain us in times of hardship. Again, I mentioned this verse earlier, but look what Jesus said, and he made it very clear in Matthew eleven twenty eight: 28. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what? I'll give you more of a burden? I'm going to add to it? You know, Listen, aren't you glad God's not like Job's wife? Aren't you glad God's not like Job's friends? God says, look, you come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. I mean, you're under the load and you're dealing with some things in your life, and he says, come to me and I will give you rest. See, our God is whatever we need in the moment of our need. And what does Job do? Listen, to handle this situation, Job got under the pressure with faith. How's your faith tonight? If you're dealing with something, can I encourage you, although it doesn't sound, listen, in our minds, we're thinking to ourselves, I've already got so much going on, I've already got so much that I'm trying to deal with, why in the world would I get under it? You're missing it. See, Job got under it with faith. But not only did he get under it, notice secondly, if we're going to deal with this in a patient way, we've got to get over pressure with hope. See, so he got under it with faith, but he got over it with hope. I was reading this illustration, it's a true illustration, but in Valladolid, Spain, which is actually the place of Christopher Columbus's death back in 1506. There's a monument that is placed there in Spain, and the monument pictures Christopher Columbus at the bow bow of a a small boat on the top of a sphere that represents the earth. So you've got this this, uh, boat on top of this sphere, and circling that sphere is the Latin phrase non plus ultra. It says non plus ultra. What is interesting about the monument is that the, to the left of the spear, they also put a lion to the left of the sphere, and the lion has one paw still raised in the act of scratching away, this is all on the monument, it's scratching away the word non. See, the phrase that is there is non plus ultra. The lion is scratching away the word non, signifying Columbus's Destruction of what was a myth back in the day, that that, that Spain was the western end of the world. So that's what back then, that this was the farthest western point of the known world, that there was nothing beyond this. Now, the phrase non plus ultra, here's what it means no more beyond. And the lion is trying to scratch away the word non. And this this monument erected to Christopher Columbus, it served as a warning to sailors to not attempt to go any further. But when Columbus proved that there was more lands to discover, the motto was revised and reversed to say, plus ultra. Instead of non-plus ultra, now it says plus ultra, which means more beyond. When I think about Job's life, I think that this motto... Plus, ultra could have easily served as the motto of Job's life as well. The first words that Job said, listen to this, when all this happens in Job's life, you just read it a minute ago, naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. Let me ask you tonight, did you bring anything into this world? Yes or no? No. No. Are you going to take anything out? No. No. I mean, listen, there there are some foolish people uh, all the way back to the The pyramids and and even in modern day where people have tried to have have valuables put into their caskets or into their sarcophagus or into their pyramid or whatever it is. But you know what they find whenever they dig it up years later? It's still there unless some grave robbers have got it. See, look, you came into this world with nothing other than your birthday suit. And that's what you're leaving with. Now, that birthday suit might be different than the one that you had when you came into this world. But when I think about this, this passage here with Job, Job's response was, look, I came into this world with nothing. It echoes exactly what Paul wrote in 1 Timothy 6-7, we brought nothing into this world and it is certain we can carry nothing out. See, the only thing that's, that, that we're going to be able to do is to send some things on ahead. That's what Paul is telling Timothy. Job, when he said this statement, naked came I out of my mother's womb, naked shall I return thither, he was acknowledging that there is more to life, there is more beyond life as we know it on the earth. See, Job's hope was not in things, possessions, stuff he had accumulated, and watch this, and then lost. He who dies with the most toys does not win. Listen, no doubt Job had been blessed of God. Job had a lot of things in life. And he enjoyed those things, but Job's hope was not in those things. Job knew that there was an eternity to think about. The Bible says in Job chapter 13, look at this verse. Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. But I will maintain mine own ways before him. You get to Job chapter 19, look at these verses. For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. See, Job's hope transcended his trials. Job allowed himself to be patient. Job didn't understand what all was happening. But listen, patience in a time when we really don't have answers, Job, these were heavy questions that Job has had in his life. Why did this happen? Why did all my children have to die? When we realize like Job that there is more beyond, then guess what's gonna happen? Same thing that happened to him is we're gonna find hope in God despite the hardships. See, listen, where would we be without hope? I think about this coming Sunday, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hey, listen, you know why I can live? Because I know my Redeemer lives. I know that Jesus is alive today. Hey, listen, the religions of this world cannot say that, but we serve a risen Savior. We have a hope, a blessed hope, the Word of God talks about. It is healthy in our lives to be reminded of the fact that our hope is not in our circumstances and our hope is not in our possessions. Circumstances change. Possessions may be gone in the blink of an eye, but like Job, we need to put our hope in the one who never changes, the changeless one. Look what it says in Psalm 31. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in your possessions. No, all ye that hope in the Lord. So look, how do we handle pressure? How do we handle something maybe like Job was dealing with in his life. Well, the first thing Job did was Job got under it with faith. And then the second thing we see is Job got over it with hope. But then notice thirdly, Job got through it with love. You ever heard somebody make this statement, with friends like these who needs enemies? (laughs) I mean, I think clearly that could have been very accurate of Job's three friends. I mean, certainly they were not being much of a comfort to him. They weren't edifying him. I mean, they came to Job in his grief, and here Job is. He's trying to figure out why. Why is this happening? And his friends, just like most people that come to you, they want to be an armchair quarterback, and they thought they had all the answers. They thought they knew why this was happening. And here's what their reasoning was, and you can see this principle in the Old Testament of the Bible as well as in the New Testament. Listen to this this reasoning. See, they thought, listen, Job, something has happened in your life. Something has gone wrong. God is judging you because of something that you did. Now, guess what? Their reasoning was faulty. And where they got that from was back in the Bible days, and I think some people today... You ever heard of these preachers today, and I could name a big famous one right now, but listen, there's no sense in doing it, but they preach what's called a prosperity gospel. See, listen, God blesses all his children, you know, but when I think of Job's life and I think of his friends' uh, reasoning in his life, and they're basically saying, Job, you must have done something wrong to get God this mad at you. That's what they were saying. I mean, Job, something, what is it that happened? I mean, come on, Job, just tell us. Certainly, you must have angered God somehow. Because God doesn't do this to people that he loves. There must be some real reason why God is dealing with you. And look, in the Bible time, prosperity was seen as a sign of God's favor. I mean, boy, look at what Job has. Look at all that he has. Listen, can I tell you, when you think about prosperity, prosperity. This led to the idea that those that were wealthy were blessed of God, but it also led to this idea of those that were suffering and those that were poor were not being blessed of God, they were being cursed of God. We find a lot of examples in the Bible. But this reasoning is something that even in Jesus' day was something that was relevant. Jesus said that it was difficult. You Remember where Jesus was talking to his disciples and he was talking about a rich man getting into heaven? And he talked about what was it that was easier to go through the eye of a needle, camel, than for a rich man to get into heaven. I mean, he told that to his disciples one day. By the way, it's, not, it's difficult, Jesus said. He didn't say it was impossible. See, with God, all things are possible. But when Jesus said that that day, it kind of shocked his disciples. And their response when Jesus said that was, they said to him, well, then who who then can be saved? When his disciples made that statement to him, what they were really saying was, if the rich who are blessed of God, see that prosperity in their minds, you know, somebody is prosperous, they are being blessed of God, and they're thinking about this rich man, and they're saying to the Lord, they says, look, if the rich who are blessed of God can't make it into heaven, then nobody can. I mean, if God doesn't bless those, if, God, if, if people that are blessed of God can't make it into heaven, then who can make it into heaven? you understand what their, their reasoning was? A lot of that was faulty reasoning that had trickled down over the many years that we see in the word of God. Their thinking was faulty. Their reasoning was way off. See, God's blessings sometimes include prosperity, yes, but wealth is not a testament of God's love for us. I I can honestly attest to this fact. If you look at my bank account. Now, I'm not complaining. God's been good to me. This church has been good to me. But I'll tell you this. I don't have a lot of things, but I know this much. Although I may not be, according to the world, prosperous, I know this, God loves me. And I'm standing before you today, and I can give you a huge testament of the fact that God has blessed my life. You know why? Because my hope's not in things. It's not in the possessions. There's some things you just can't put a price tag on, folks. God's given me a wonderful wife, faithful wife, a godly wife. God's given me four beautiful children who are all saved and love the Lord. God's given me eight beautiful grandchildren. I hope that eight becomes 18, but he's given me beautiful grandchildren. God's given me a wonderful church. God's given me the opportunity to be a pastor of a church. God's given me the opportunity to preach the gospel, to live the Christian life. Folks, I could go on and on. I am blessed of God and you are too. See, understand tonight, when you think about pressure in life, look, we can get through that pressure with love. I mean, look, sometimes we, we tend to get uh, narrow-minded thinking, well, listen, I, I don't have a lot of things, so God must not love me. Look, again, I'll say it. Wealth is not a testament of God's love for us. Job understood this when he made this statement. The Lord gave and the Lord have taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. God allows trials into our lives for reasons that, yeah, maybe sometimes, like Job, we don't understand why we're going through these things at the moment, but that doesn't mean that God doesn't love us and that God doesn't care about us. The truth is, is that God does love us and God does care about us, and he will try our faith so that he can see how much we love him in return. See, Job understood this in his life. Is this not true? that there are seasons of prosperity in our lives and there are seasons of needs. Is that true? We go through those seasons. Job knew that in spite of the seasons, now here in Florida, we have two seasons. We have humid and non-humid. We don't have winter, spring, summer, fall. We have humid and non-humid. When I think about our lives, as I think about these seasons, listen, seasons come and seasons go, seasons of prosperity, seasons of needs. But you know the one thing that is constant is God. And Job knew that. Job realized, look, it was God that blessed me. It was God that prospered me. It was all God's doing. And he says, look, who am I? I'm not going to curse God. I'm glad that God has blessed my life. And for the time that I had, I enjoyed those things. But listen, the one thing that matters to me is the one that loves me the most, and that is God. Look at Matthew five forty five, That ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he, God, maketh his Son, look at that, That's not S-O-N, that's S-U-N. He maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and he sendeth rain on the just and on the what? Unjust. Unjust. God rains on everyone. God's rain falls on all of us. And if well, Look here, while the rain falls on the just and the unjust, while the, while the sun rises on the evil and the good, if we become bitter in our lives, when the testing comes along, which is, by the way, a part of God's plan for our lives, when the testing does come and we get bitter, that bitterness is going to lead to problems in our lives. The root of bitterness springing up. See, Job wasn't a perfect man. But can I tell you tonight that Job's story Before it ended, you know what Job learned about? If you're familiar with this book, Job learned about the folly of self-righteousness. That's what he learned. And even though God was teaching him here, and he was doing it the hard way, Job was determined that he was going to wait on the Lord. He didn't understand it. Now, this is where that patience comes in. I hate waiting. You know, I struggle sometimes, waiting. I mean, I guarantee you most of you are just like me. You ever get to the checkout line in the store? And you walk up, what are you looking for? Shortest line. So that's where you go. How long do you stand there while you're looking at the other lines and you spot one that's shorter now than the one you got in? What do you do? You change lines, don't you? some of you will change lines again and here's what happens is where you started that person that you were behind first they're walking out the door and you're still standing there with three people in front of you is that not true it happens to me all the time my wife says we always pick the wrong line so we walk up there now and i'll say which one do you want That way she, you know, look, I don't get blamed then, you know. You picked it, you know. I'm just not a patient person. And when I think about Job, Psalm 27, verse 14, is really the testimony of David. But Job was the same way in his life. Look at this. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Twice in one verse. Look, I know you're struggling. Whatever the pressure is that you're under, look, just be like Job. He says, look, you're going to get through it, but you're going to get through it with love. And then look, what's the last thing that Job did? Well, Job got under it with faith. He got over it with hope. He got through it with love, but he got beyond pressure with joy. Now, the story of Job's life It didn't end with his struggle. And that's what I love about this book. It doesn't end on a bad note. Now, you know, this isn't some fairy tale. You know, it's not a Hallmark thing. You know, all Hallmark movies all end the same way. You know, I can tell you how it's going to end. I'm like, so let's just skip it because we know how it's going to end. But when you look at Job's life, it doesn't end with his struggle. At the end of Job's life, and I want you to notice there, Job 42, verse 12. So the Lord, what's that next word? Blessed. Now, what did God bless? He blessed the latter end of Job more than what? More than the beginning. Listen, I have to say this. I don't believe that would have happened if Job wouldn't have endured and been patient and kept faith in God. But because he did, folks, I hope you see this tonight. I hope you see that when the pressures come if you would just stay faithful to your faithful God, that God's going to bless, listen, beyond the hard times. God's going to bless that patience more than his beginning. For he had 14,000 sheep and 6,000 camels and 1,000 yoke of oxen and 1,000 asses. He also had seven sons and three daughters. After this lived Job, and 140 years, that's after all that happened, he'd lived for another 140 years, and he saw his sons and his sons' sons, even how many generations? Yeah, now, look at this. So Job died being old and full of days. you know what God did? How many children did Job have that died? Ten, right? how many children did God give him in the latter end? Ten. Look at what it says here. As you think about this, he lived 140 years, saw his sons, his sons, sons, and even four generations before he died. You know what that means? God restored to Job everything that Job lost. Every last thing that Job lost. In other words, he gave him plus much more. God gave Job more abundant wealth and prosperity than he had before. God allowed him to live to be a very old age. And the reason God did that was so that he could spend time with his children and his grandchildren. What a great thought there! Grandchildren, they're wonderful. You see the pain and the heartache of his earlier adversity? You know what God replaced that pain and adversity with? Joy. See, everything changed. I mean, there was a day, sure. The hard time came into Job's life, and when we began, we began the study tonight with James 5.11, I wanna remind you what the verse says. Behold, we count them happy which endure. Did you hear the word? Happy which endure. You have heard of the patience of Job, and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. What was the end of the Lord for Job? It was that God was going to teach Job his tender mercy. God is merciful. The Bible uses the word pitiful. God allowed this to happen. Now, look, if you say, Pastor, why did this happen? I don't have an answer. I don't know why this happened. But I do know this. God wanted to teach Job something. And that's why I believe it happened. God wanted to teach Job during this time of testing. And during this time of testing, what did Job do? He patiently trusted the Lord. What a testimony. What an example for us. Look at Job 23, verse 10. He knoweth that the way that I take, and when he hath tried me, I shall come forth, what? As gold. Ron Hamilton uh, wrote a song to that years ago i shall come forth as gold i wonder i wonder how we'd come out of a situation like job was in see job was blessed through his experience with god that's what james meant when he says we count them happy which endure peter said the same thing he described it this way but the 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 god of all grace who hath called us unto his eternal glory by christ jesus Listen to this, after that, ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. Live godly in Christ Jesus shall what? Suffer persecution. But See, after that ye have suffered. God's going to establish you, strengthen you, settle you. I read that back in 2011, there was a tornado that ripped through the town of Cottondale, Alabama. It began to shred homes. uh, By the time it was done, it devastated entire communities. Among the houses that were completely obliterated was the rubble of a house that was owned by a family by the name of Epps. The Epps family, when the reporters came to them, they told the reporters, This is what they said in these moments when it seemed like they had lost everything, that their faith strengthened them. They said, I think that's what allowed us to see that when you lose everything, you lose nothing at all because God is the one that sustains us and God is the one that keeps us together. I think they had the right attitude. And when I think about God and how he's blessed our lives. Listen, I realize it's sometimes it's not easy. But God is able to bring us through to the other side of the tragedies and the other side of the heartaches and the pain and the pressure. And listen, as we go through that, guess what happens? It makes us better as we trust in him. James 1.4, let patience have her perfect work. Why? That you may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. Can I tell you tonight, with all certainty, God loves you. And God has a purpose. And when you think about the purpose of God, sometimes it even comes on our worst days. But when those days come, we can follow an extraordinary example like the life of Job. We can determine, like he did, that we're going to be patient and we're going to press on for the Lord. And listen, as we do that, understand that God will bring us through those times well how do we do that how do we handle those pressures here's four great examples get under it with faith get over it with hope get through it with love and get beyond it with joy what a great example God's given us in this man by the name of Job God has blessed us let's bow our heads tonight Lord thank you so much for your goodness and your grace Lord, we read this book in the the Old Testament of our Bible, we see the intense pressure that Job faced in his life, and yet we see that he learned the lessons that you wanted him to learn. They were not easy. He had a wife that was not very sympathetic, was not very encouraging, he had friends that thought maybe it was because of something that he had done. There was no encouragement there. But Job finally realized the folly of his own self-righteousness. And he realized what he needed to do was just trust you through it all. To have faith in you. To be patient. And to wait on you. And you blessed him as he did that. You blessed him more in his latter days than you did in the early days of his life. God, I pray that tonight might have just encouraged someone maybe somebody going through a difficult time, that they would realize on the other side of this is the blessings of God. It's not about being prosperous. It's about being patient. Lord, bless the invitation tonight in Jesus' name. Would you stand with me?